0: Welcome to Breaking Down the Deals. I'm your host, Tim Detellus. And today in the studio, we have commercial real estate broker, Damian Matson. Damian, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Well, on this episode, we're going to actually, Breaking Down the Deals is going to turn into the Fortune 500 sector here in Central Florida. There are companies that may call Central Florida space and place for an office, but they are not the headquarters for the Fortune 500 company. And Darden Restaurants is here, headquartered here. And you were a part of a very integral transition of them finding new headquarters. So we're going to break the deal down today okay. with you sure. about Darden restaurants. Let's talk about how you first had the idea for Darden to find new land.
1: Well, um, thanks for having me again. I, I love this. Um, you know, the last episode we talked about South Park and the, the 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 scale of South Park and how big it was. You know, one of my... One of my jobs at South Park was to identify companies that we could move into South Park. And, okay. of course, Darden, Darden restaurants, um, their headquarters space was in the South Orlando market. Um, they were spread over about 13 buildings, though. They were in <clears throat> a number of different buildings. And so I started calling on them, you know, uh, I forget what year it was, but call it, you know, 2001. I started calling on Darden restaurants thinking that wouldn't it be grand if we were able to consolidate Darden headquarters and the 13 buildings that they had into one or two buildings in South Park Center.
0: And to put this into perspective, I remember driving around that facility, literally 13 independent buildings. These aren't attached. They're not walk from one to the other one pretty easy. I mean, some of them you had to literally go down the street, get in your car to Absolutely. visit another division. Absolutely. And you were helping to thinking maybe South Park could be a destination.
1: It could be. They could they could put everybody kind of under one roof, mm. you know, instead of the 13 rooftops that they Crazy. owned. Um, and I, I I was able to get in touch with uh, Joe Lee at the time. He was the CEO of Darden Restaurants. And we I talked to him over a period of two or three years about relocating into South Park. And he gave me the same answer every time I would call on him. And I called on him, you know, 30 times because nice. I just I'm a persistent guy. And every time we'd get on the phone, he'd say, Damien, you're really a persistent guy, but I'm telling you, I really I'm in the restaurant business. I'm not in the real estate business. Mm-hmm. We're happy where we are. And I would say to to Mr. Lee, I would say, Mr. Lee, you've got 13 buildings. That means you have 13 rooftops. That means you have 13 entranceways and lobbies. It means you've got, if you have a meeting in one building and you're trying to have a meeting with another business unit, they have to get in their car and drive to the other building. If it's raining outside, I mean, look, it just makes more sense to have everybody under one roof. He said, thank you, but I like the way we're set up and we don't need a new headquarter building.
0: And to, for context, did did Jolie put them there in those thirteen buildings? I don't know the history of yeah, that. Yeah, he
1: did. And over time, as as Darden grew, okay. they would buy another building. Gotcha. They would grow. They would buy another building, mm. and there were all these buildings around. It's called Lake Eleanor. Mm-hmm. It's down by Oak Ridge uh, in o- Orlando uh, OBT. So he would buy as as they would grow and expand and bring on a new a new a new um, a new concept like Bahama Breeze or. Olive Garden or Red Lobster, they would buy a new building to, or buy a building, not a new building, to buy a building to house that business unit. They also had testing kitchens and right. those kinds of things. So this went on for, this would literally went on for two or three years, you know, getting, you know, Mr. Lee would always say, Damien, I, I love talking to you, but the answer is still no, mm-hmm. right? Well, then I was reading the, uh, the Wall Street Journal one day and I, I read that Uh, Joe Lee was retiring, and that they had tapped a new person to run Darden headquarters, and his name was Clarence Otis. Now, I researched Clarence Otis. He came from LA, South Central LA. He was a success story for sure, had come up through great education, and they tapped him to run Darden restaurants. And I thought, well, that's that's my ticket. That's how I'm Mm going to get in. I bet you the new CEO will want to build a new headquarter building. And I had a heck of a time getting a meeting with with, Mm. with Mr. Otis. So uh, a friend of mine knew someone that knew Clarence Otis, and I was having a meeting with him like on a weekend. It was like a Saturday. And I was able to slip my friend a package that he then delivered to Mr. Otis and said, this guy's been calling on you. He's a good guy. You should at least talk to him. Mm. So the very next week, I get a call from Mr. Otis. He wanted me to come in and meet his team, his real estate team, which I did. Mm. Over the course of six months, we had this great plan. We were going to, Flagler Development Company, who owned South Park, was going they were going to buy all the existing buildings Okay, as a part of the deal. The 13. The 13 buildings. We figured we could buy them. And then sell them off as onesies, you know, to uh, uh, individual companies that want to own their own building. That it was enough of a, of a gamble that we, if we were able to get all that space into our park, it was, worth, it was worth that risk. So if you added up all 13 buildings, it was about a 450,000 square foot transaction. Wow. Okay? We knew the opportunity was 450,000 feet. So we structured this deal. That I thought was a wonderful deal. Darden was going to sign a new 20-year lease with us. We were going to build them a new headquarter building. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then we were going to acquire their buildings and then sell them off over time. Wow. Right? So the deal was all teed up, ready to go. It took almost a year to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And at the last minute, Darden said they did not want a lease. They wanted to own and that would we build them these buildings and then turn the keys
0: over to them as an owner? And then for perspective, this is actually now in the South Park. This is in South Park Center. So now th- these were buildings you were going to technically lease to them. Now they want to own them outright, right? which is a totally different strategy.
1: Right. And, and at the time, you know, Flagler Development Company was in the business of creating income, mm-hmm. building buildings and creating income. Right. And so Flagler had no interest in selling the sure. buildings to Darden. So I had to deliver that message to Darden and they said, Well, if you can't sell us the buildings, then we're not gonna we're not gonna move ahead with with you.
0: So now this is now Damian Matson, you're putting on your creative hat. I can see it right, right now looking at you. Yep. Because back in time in this moment, you probably discovered there was a new opportunity that wasn't thought of.
1: Well, as I said in the first episode,
0: you really gotta understand your
1: market, your mm-hmm. submarket. And I think I know the South Orlando market extremely well. I knew there weren't that many available sites. Sure. In fact, very few that would support a 450,000 square foot headquarter building. Right. You know, it takes a big piece of land. So there was one in site in particular, though, that seemed to be the right site for them. But also, at the same time, if you remember, Flagler was selling real estate and then doing a 1031 exchange and buying real estate. Sure. To, to avoid, to defer your tax implication. So anyway, we decided to take a bet, make a gamble, and we decided to put the one site that we thought might work for them under contract. Going into it, we knew that with or without Darden, we were going to have to close on a $22 million piece of land, mm. which is a big transaction. And the size
0: of the of the parcel was?
1: 40 acres. 40 wow. acres, and it was located at the corner of, it's the south West corner of the beach line <clears throat> and John Young Parkway. Right. So we put it under contract almost immediately, like within days after them telling me they didn't want to do our deal, we put it under contract. Mm. So I immediately then got another meeting with the real estate team at Darden and uh, said, look, I've got a site that I think is perfect for you and um, I'd like to present it to you. Right. So they said, great, which site is it? And I told them it was the corner of Beach Lawn and John Young. And they go, oh, yeah, we want to buy that site. We we're actually looking at that site. Wow. And I said, well, I've got it under contract, and we're buying it. Then they took a step back and said, oh, you're buying it. I Hmm. said, yeah. I said, however, I would consider selling it to you. So they wanted me to assign my contract to them for a half a million dollars. Hmm. It was a $22 million piece of land. Wow. And I thought that simply wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't enough. We were taking a big risk by even putting it under contract. So I told them that they could buy it from us for $29 million. They said, well, Damien... It's a twenty-two million dollar piece of property. We know that's the price. I said, I know that's what we have it under contract for. I was not shy about telling them what our number was. Sure. Well, they said, How can you justify $29 million? Right? I said, well, I think I can justify it just fine. I mean, it's a property that you guys want. We own it or gonna own it. And so I think you should be willing to pay whatever number, you know, you think is rational. And then they said, well, we don't know if we can do that. In fact, I don't think we can do that. And we, we really don't think that we can even come close to that number.
0: Hmm.
1: They said it once again to me, Damien, how can you justify in your own mind you're paying $22 You wants to buy it for $29 million? I said, well, I'll tell you how. When I go into Red Lobster and I buy a lobster dinner, I always pay what the price is on the menu. And I'll tell you why that is. It's because I want a lobster dinner. But I don't ask the server how much you paid for the lobster. I don't ask anybody else how much it costs to catch that lobster, how to prepare that lobster, because it doesn't matter to me. Because I want that lobster dinner, so I will pay that price, right? And they looked at me and rolled their eyes, and I almost kind of got thrown out of the office. (laughs) And they said to me, look, we don't know what we can do. Give us a day or two and we'll tell you what we can pay. So I gave them 48 hours. They called me back. They said they would pay $25.5 million. And I said, done. We'll do that. So we closed on that property on a Friday at 11 o'clock for $22 million. Hmm. We sold that. We put it in a single asset LLC. Then we then sold that single asset LLC to Darden for $25.5 million. Wow. So we made a $3.5 million profit in a couple of hours.
0: Unbelievable. Now, that was also a historical pivot for Darden. And something that to call back on the first episode, you love the South Orlando market. This was a major change to the landscape in South Orlando. Because, yeah, they were in Lake Eleanor, but now you have a Fortune 500 headquarters based in Just south south of of South Park, yeah. So we
1: felt like it was a great bookend. It was a win. It was a great bookend because we had the Ritz Carlton and and the J W Marriott had just been developed. Sure, Uh, our park was being developed. They were right between the two. Um, We we thought you know uh, there was a road called Destination Parkway Mm -hmm. that was getting ready to be put in off of John Young. All that that whole area. It almost it almost looks like we knew what was happening in that area, Mm -hmm. but we honestly didn't we didn't know that you know uh, universal was going to buy a bunch of property right. you know lockheed martin was very nearby lockheed became one of our customers at south park they leased 70,000 feet hmm. from us and even today lockheed martin is a customer at south park they have a whole building wow. they have 136,000 feet so knowing your submarket knowing everything about your submarket who 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 the companies are right. who owns the real estate who's making moves. All that is extremely important to know your market. I think in residential, I don't know what they call it. Um, they call it something. Oh, farming. They call it farming in the area, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like that really, but it's just you know, on a commercial level.
0: Sure. Now, breaking down the deal for Darden, they got the land. You obviously had the foresight to secure it prior how did that headquarters become developed, and were you all involved with that?
1: No, they what they did is they put out an RFP for developers okay. to come in and develop do a fee development for them. And honestly, after they had just sold, you know, bought the site from us, I don't really think we would have had a shot at developing it for them. So they hired Trammell Crow mm-hmm. to de- build the building for them, which, which Crow is a very, very good development company. And so they hired a third party to develop the building for them. And in the end, you know, they didn't use up all 40 acres. They were able to sell off a site to IAPA for mm-hmm. IAPA to build a headquarter building, a small headquarter building. They sold off another site, I think, for a hotel. Mm-hmm. So they kind of developed their own little campus, Darton headquarter campus. Sure. Um, but that was a great thing for us, even though they weren't going to be a long-term customer with us. Having them, you know, two or three-tenths of a mile away from South Park was always a great thing having a fortune 500 company be a part or next to South park center.
0: Let's back up the bus to the conversation with the CEO and a lot of the change that took place. Cause you know, when you talk about influencers or decision makers, especially when it comes to major real estate deals, who were the parties in the corporate office of Darden that helped you move this ball forward? Because in breaking down the deals, idea is one thing, but implementation is where the value happens. And you probably had to have some people buy into this, not just the CEO. What was that like?
1: Oh, it was, it was, it was fine. You know, we, we, uh, you know, the first couple of meetings when, when they, I'll tell you some of the things that we do. And, and I think this is kind of important. Um, When we were invited to come in and give a presentation, Mm -hmm. Clarence Otis had all of his uh, top executives in the room. There's probably ten or twelve people in the room. So myself and the, my my associate, a guy named John Guitar, we went in, gave this big presentation to like ten or twelve you know senior level people. And I do things like you know I wore lobster ties. Mm-hmm. You know I wanted to make sure that we were a part of them, them a part of us. We explained to them. You know the efficiency factors that are involved when you consolidate into one building. Mm-hmm. We show them how they could save. I think we calculated it was like twenty-two percent on occupancy costs by putting everybody into one building. Wow. Um, we gave them all the. We listed out all the benefits on a bunch of boards. Uh, one of the things I always do when I when I do a presentation is I'll give a big presentation and use boards in the presentation, but when I leave. I leave the boards there okay. so that when I leave, those boards are still there and they can still look at them and be reminded of the presentation that I just gave. Hmm. A lot of times people pack up everything and take it with them. We like leaving it behind. Hmm. Um, So on those boards were renderings of the buildings, conceptual site plans. We had uh, a bullet point list of all the reasons why it made sense for them to relocate into one building. Most of it was due to efficiencies, you know. Hmm. Um, so that when, when, when the employees at Darden would walk by the conference room, they would see a rendering of a building. They would see all these benefits. So hopefully, what that does is organically people start talking. Are we moving? Right? Uh, is that our new building? Uh, boy, look at all the reasons why we should move. So selling is such a process it's not a one-time one-shot thing it's not as transactional as most people might think it is selling is an ongoing fully developed or or never fully developed process Um, even after you know even after we we land a big company at say a south park or any other building you've got to be in front of them on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and again this goes back to relationships partnering, as I like to say, with with your customer, your customer being your tenant.
0: Right. And really at the end of the day, with the Darden deal, you did partner with them because if we kind of rewind the tape, we you could have said, no, we don't want to offer you this land. We actually want to get you into South Park. But that really did change the landscape for all of South Park because you now had the corporate headquarters. When you went to the owners of South Park and you were trying to negotiate the idea of securing this land, there was risk involved. You mentioned that. And it was a bet. How did that deal break down for you showing them the value? Because what if you lost Darden?
1: Well, it was tough, you know, and and actually at the time, the railroad, the the Florida East Coast Railroad had gone through some changes and there was a new chairman of the Mm. railroad. Um, His name was uh, Adolfo Henriquez. And Mm. He said to me, look, we're, we're, I, I, I love the story, but we don't have anything from Darden, and I really don't feel comfortable closing on a $22 million piece of land unless you have Darden under contract.
0: There was no letter of intent, nothing? Nothing,
1: zero. And so he said, you've got, you know, you've got 30 days to get this buttoned up, or we may walk mm. from the deal. He wasn't for sure we was going to walk, but look, you, know, you just never know what can happen. So I call up Darden. And I tell them that if we do this, you know, they've got 30 days to get all their due diligence done. And they said, look, Damon, we're a fortune 500 company. There's no way Mm. that we're going to get approvals for a 40 acre site for $25 million in 30 days. And I'll tell you, I learned something, Mm. you know, from, from Adolfo. He said, Damien, if they really want that site, they will figure out a way to get it done. He goes, I don't, you know, the fact that they're a publicly traded company, Fortune 500 company, they can move as fast as a small company if they're motivated. Hmm. And if they're motivated for that site, you just tell them they've got 30 days or there is no deal. So I did. I delivered that message and in fact it worked, you know. They were able to get all the approvals, executive committee approvals, you know, 20 25 million dollar site is a big transaction in the world we live in. And so it's also even a bigger transaction when it's a publicly traded company that's scrutinized, probably more so than a private company. Right. So being able to get them to move quickly was very difficult, mm. but they did. They ended up moving quickly.
0: I don't want to overlook a highlight of this deal, Damien, that was a a major announcement for Central Florida because you did have a corporate headquarters scattered across 13 buildings and now was really building a signature headquarters because that facility is still an iconic destination for headquarters. And so tell me how that impacted the news, the marketplace, and really I would even add an exclamation point to your reputation in commercial real estate. Well,
1: I think, you know, one of the things that was evolving as we were trying to get this deal done is Darden was also trying to secure um, incentives economic okay. incentives and so for the state of Florida for this from the state of Florida and from Orange County and they really had explored maybe relocating Darden to a different state hmm. during this period
0: I did not know that
1: so now whether or not who knows whether or not they were really going sure. to do that or not I just don't know whether they were using that as leverage I don't know the answer to that but I do know that they had considered other markets, other mm-hmm. states to relocate their headquarters because other states were willing to give them um, you know, economic incentives. Mm. So at the end of the day, Orange County came around, state of Florida came around, and they secured the incentives that they needed to get to justify buying the site and building a headquarter building and keeping Darden um, in Orlando, in central Florida.
0: That's a big win for Central Florida, obviously. We don't understand probably the the national impact of their reach, a company like Darden, because they're in so many markets. When it came to those incentives in the 30-day window of time, that was a really fast change, obviously, for the decision makers in Orange County and the state. Did you have any information relating to that breaking down the deal for how they communicated kind of the urgency well, there of this? Was,
1: yeah, I think uh, there, there, were, there were already... Uh, Incentive packages that were kind of um, uh, they were already in place, so that if you could, qualify if you could create, yeah, if you could qualify, if you could create x number of jobs that paid sure. x mon- number of dollars, then you qualified for this existing incentive package that was already okay. in place. So they tailored their pitch to the state and to the county. This is what we're going to keep here and create as we move forward. So I think all I think the only way to get that done though is. You know, Orange County was motivated to get it done. State of Florida was motivated to get it done. You know, if you think about it, right now we've got a governor who is is uh, you know is is poking at Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, and the economic uh, impact that Disney has had on Central Florida is is beyond. Um, it's it's hard to imagine mm-hmm. Orlando without Disney. You know, right. and so I, I think sometimes we call it uh, corporate welfare when when these big companies get these incentives on the one hand, but on the other hand, if you think about all the jobs that these big companies create and all the families Mm -hmm. that these big companies feed, all the jobs, the families they feed, the economic impact beyond just that job, you know, how much money each of those families spends every week at Publix, how does that impact Publix? So I really think in in many ways, I'm not a big fan of any kind of welfare, but I am a big fan of job creation mm-hmm. and and feeding families. And, you know, jobs for our community are essential to a, sure. having a thriving community.
0: And the cascading impact of a corporate headquarters or you mentioned Walt Disney World or any large business that's bringing in employment, it does cascade into that local economy. Let's let's bridge the gap back to South Park, because that's been a project you've been with since its establishment and founding years after Darden made the headquarters there, was there any evolution for South Park because of Darden specifically being that close?
1: Well, I think, I think it just helped uh, legitimize what we were creating. Okay. You know, and that, was, that transaction was done in 06, and we'd already built, I mean, a number of buildings, but it sure did put a bow on, on the package, you know, so to right. speak. I mean, having Darden locate two-tenths of a mile— from South Park was a huge plus for us, even though they weren't in our park, they were a part of the, they were in our neighborhood now, right? Right. I mean, you know, Lake Eleanor was not really considered necessarily our neighborhood. I mean, but John Young Parkway at the beach line, that's our neighborhood.
0: And the amenities along John Young Parkway definitely did change after Darden showed up. They did. I mean, it it elevated, you know, hotels were built. Right. Additional eating
1: establishments were built personal services were built, a lot a lot of things were created just because of the Darden presence at that intersection. That coupled with what we were building, it just kind of all grew together.
0: So I want to uh, tag before we wrap up here a little bit on the relationship side with Otis and the CEO of Darden and where that relationship is now. And what have you kind of learned from that? Because you definitely activated your tenacity and your persistence with him. Any ongoing relationship?
1: No, we we I haven't. You know, Otis is he, he's no longer a part of Darden. Right. So, but um, and and I really don't know what he's doing today. Many times, um, uh, you know, I try to keep a relationship alive, right. and sometimes maybe they're not as excited about it as maybe I am. But but uh, or they transition. They they transition. That's right. I do think this though. I think if I re- reached out to any one of the people that I was involved with on that transaction because mm-hmm. he had a team of real estate, people he had mm-hmm. you know, four or five people on the real estate team. They'll, they'll know me. Mm-hmm. They know who I am and I, they'll take my phone call. And I think sometimes that's all you need is mm-hmm. to, is to have someone take your phone call, but it takes a lot of time to build that trust, that relation. You know, I always say this to, to especially young guys getting in the business, build your relationships when you're young, mm-hmm. then your relationships will build you. hmm so when you have a strong foundation in relationships, there's nothing else. Nothing can, can, can damage that foundation. When you've got relationships like I've got, you know, picking up a phone, calling someone, getting a connection to somebody else. It's so key to the commercial real estate business. Hmm. The relationships, I can't under, undervalue or
0: underestimate the value of relationships in, in our business. Well, Damien, this has been super helpful, but also very intriguing. I mean, what a big deal, breaking it down for Darden Restaurants and how it impacted South Park and how it really kind of, no pun intended, it drove through South Park to land on that land. Yep. Very exciting. Well, thanks for your time today in the studio, Damien. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Breaking Down the Deals. I'm your host, Tim Detella. Stay tuned for future episodes. We'll be breaking down the deals with commercial real estate broker, Damian Matson.